this is Take Notes with Jen Rafferty, where we move music education in new directions. I'm your host, Jen Rafferty, a music educator, author, and huge social science nerd. And I am so excited to go on this journey with you as we highlight the intersection between music education and the social sciences. Science, technology, engineering, and math, or STEM, is great. However, without the arts, STEM efforts fall short of creative problem solving, innovation, imagination, and expression. STEM to STEAM has been a music education initiative for quite some time now, and my guest today, Lori Orth, is on a mission to create a pipeline for young people into STEM programs that incorporate the arts. Her interest in space rockets led her music classes into some uncharted territory. And in addition to teaching music, Lori serves as the vice president of aerospace education for the Savannah Air Force Association, is a teacher liaison for the Space Foundation, and is a NASA social media influencer. And before we got started, I needed to know how she got so interested in space rockets. My son went to college and studied mechanical engineering his first year in college. And he went to a school called Embry-Riddle Aeronautical University in Daytona Beach, Florida. And they had a new program called Commercial Space. And I was like, commercial space. What is that? What, what, what? And he wanted to change his major to this, the commercial space program and a commercial space operations. Yeah. CSO. And I didn't know what that was. And I was like, is this lucrative? You're leaving mechanical engineering to do commercial space operations. And I had to look into it and I did. And I went to the NASA website and I started reading about, I mean, I kind of knew about NASA and rockets and the space shuttle, but that was about it. Um, I learned about commercial space companies like SpaceX and United Launch Alliance and Blue Origins and Virgin Galactic. And it was really interesting because my background has always been music and I have had hardly any STEM and I was really intrigued. And so I would watch YouTube videos and I would learn and listen to podcasts and really enjoyed that. So I became a space nerd, a space fan. Um, and it was cool. It brought me and my son together. It allowed me to ask him, what are you learning in your orbital mechanics? Tell me about your payloads integration class. And I really wanted to know. And it was so cool. It was really cool. So I was like, I had this thing going in my life. Oh, there's another launch. Hey, are you watching? I would text him. There's a, because there the space coast is right out the window where he was living. I'm like, go outside. It's T minus five. And then he'd send me pictures of the launch. I mean, it was just so cool. Um, so my students didn't really know that about me. And when they were talking about the Millennium Falcon one day, it was like music class time, TikTok, get going in the classroom. And they wouldn't stop talking. And I said, I just blurted out, all right, we're going to start class. I will tell you who wants to learn about reusable rockets. And I just mostly did it to make them like be quiet and they were, and they were like, what? What do you mean reusable rockets? So I started telling them about SpaceX and how they have these rockets and they would send payloads up into orbit and the first stage booster would come back down and land. And they were so intrigued and they were so engaged. And it was such a switch from this sort of squirrely behavior I was seeing in my music class. So I went 
home that day and I thought, I wonder if they would behave and be in the, in the moment if they had music about space and rockets. What Lori described is what I like to call a moment with meaning because she realized her middle school students were happy playing the recorder by rote, but the beginner music was only made up of folk songs and nursery rhymes, which were not developmentally appropriate for this age level, and they were just not interested. And of course, it led to some squirrely behavior. Although, as a side note, Lori was teaching in a homeschool setting where classroom management looks a lot different as the parents were always around and readily available to help. But in that moment, she realized something needed to change in order to continue to engage her students. And I looked online to see if I could buy beginner recorder music about space and rockets. I went to the NASA website, looked for it because the NASA website has a huge STEM website as well. And it has lots of things for lots of different disciplines, but very little about music. It has a tiny bit, but you have to really look. And they have a space musical. And I think it's on the uh, JPL website, which is um, Jet Propulsion Labs out in Pasadena, California. On that NASA Center's website, if you dig, you can find this. And it's a really cool musical about the solar system, but it was too hard. And the music wasn't what I was looking for. I needed like specific short little eight measure pieces. And I was running out of time and I thought, I don't have time to buy something that's not going to work. I'll just write it myself. And I had, you know, every week I was teaching classes and this was like Tuesday and I taught on Friday and I had three days to get it all together. So I wrote a piece 16 measures. It was four notes, B, A, G, and C. And I was like, this isn't going to be rocket science. I can do this. Although I'm not a composer. I mean, I am now, but I wasn't, you know, I didn't study composition. Um, made me wish I'd paid a lot more attention in school. Um, made me wish that I'd taken different electives. Like instead of one more opera scenes class, could I have taken a composition class? Yes. It would have been a lot more helpful. Um, and marketing. Lori brought up an important point here. I can't tell you how many conversations I've had with music teachers who don't consider themselves composers or songwriters. The mere thought of writing music used to be terrifying to me. I always felt this incredible pressure to create some things profound that whenever I actually had the courage to try to write something, I was so judgmental about it that it never actually made it out of my notebook. Or if it did, it went right into the trash can. Because the term music composition seems to carry a lot of weight. However, when we start to step out of our comfort zone into creativity instead of expression, then things really start to get interesting. And much like my journey into songwriting, Lori's came out of necessity. Oh, and yes, she also said a marketing class in college would have been extremely helpful and I couldn't agree more. My sister is also a music educator and she's a jazz pianist and she plays by ear. She has perfect pitch and she's amazing. And I said, could you make an accompaniment for me? And she said, sure. And then she sent it to me in a voice memo and I played it in my little boom box in my classroom and we played to it. And I brought, I called the, the picture, I called the piece grid fins, which are these little steering mechanisms that are on the um, SpaceX rockets and they steer the booster back down to earth. And they look kind of like spatulas. And um, one of my students said, those look like rocket spatulas, Mrs. Worth. And so that was, I called the piece grid fins and I had some pictures of grid fins and the sides of the rockets and everything. So the kids had a visual 
And then they had their music and they had this really cool jazz accompaniment and it was night and day. They loved it. And they were like, this is so cool. And instead of, you know, fidgeting around and poking each other, they were like focused. So the picture was the hook, the space rocket, little words. Those are steering mechanisms. Take a look at them. All right, now let's transition to the, to the music. They were so much more uh, well-behaved. And at the end of class, one of my students said, what are you going to write for us next week, Mrs. Orth? And that's how it started. And I just started writing music every week. And they were so focused. They were so engaged. Every week there was a new picture, a new little space lesson, and then we would transition to the music and things got harder. Um, recorder can be very three and four notey. And I was like, no, we're going to learn the scale. So I added other things with lots of drill, but fun drill with fun accompaniments about dwarf planets. And it just took off. And then I asked my students what they wanted me to write about. And so they gave me some ideas and I started writing about their ideas. And then I started adding words and I thought, oh, we can start doing STEM. I can start teaching them some really cool things with words. And it took a lot of time. And I was going to the NASA website and I was looking everything up and I was taking all these notes and writing rhyming lyrics and, and music. And it dawned on me that they could look it up. They were middle school kids. And so I said, why don't you guys go look this stuff up? Okay, go to the website, go to the NASA website, STEM website, pick something, write about it. And they did. That was it. I didn't have, that was no more than that. The next week, one of my students came back and said, here, I wrote this one. This is called Skate Park on the Moon. I haven't published it yet, but it's about the topography of the moon. And it's um, riding in a crater, won't stop till later, cruising on basalt, jump dead volcanoes, skate park on the moon, skate park on the moon. And so we would sing it and then we would play it. So the next week, another student turned in his poem and his poem was called Moon Hangtime Vacation. And I was like, you guys are blowing me away. This is so cool. And it was about the launch sequence of a Saturn V going to the moon because I'd been talking about that. And I looked at that and I thought, I'm gonna tweak it a little bit and make it about the launch sequence of a SpaceX Falcon 9. And so we sang that in class, um, and I have updated that a couple of different times to be about the different rockets that SpaceX is working on. Um, right now, their current rocket is the Starship, and it's in R&D. And if you pay attention to what's happening with SpaceX, they've had some, um, they're calling them hops, or they're not putting it into orbit yet. And it has come back to Earth, but it, it has exploded and they've had one that landed and it didn't explode. So that's that's good. But that particular rocket is gonna have refueling occur in orbit. So I put that in the lyrics. Um, I put translunar injection in the lyrics of this song so that kids can, you know, propellant transfer station and all of that. So they're singing about that. They're learning just a little and I tell them if they want more about it, go look at look online, go look it up. And for those of you who have been listening to the earlier episodes of this podcast, you're probably hearing a common theme. 
Kids need relevant content in order to feel connected with what they are learning in school. And then their intrinsic motivation kicks in as they continue to seek out knowledge because they actually want to learn more. And then I had a student ask, well, what happens when astronauts barf in space? And I was like, okay, middle school. But I said, you know, I was just reading about that in Scott Kelly's book. Scott Kelly is an astronaut who spent a year on the International Space Station, and he's got a wonderful book called Endurance. And in it, he talks about what happens when new astronauts arrive at the International Space Station. And they get nauseous because living in zero gravity, their ear, inner ear doesn't know which way is up and they have to adjust. So they get nauseous and sometimes they throw up. And I was sort of intrigued and I looked this up. <laughs> so I told my student, I'll write you a song about this, um, but you have to come up with the rhymes. And so he and his sisters did. Um, he's one of eight kids. And when they were on a family vacation, they were sitting in the car thinking of these rhymes and their mother was texting them to me about every 50 miles. And it's like, um, okay, the beginning of that song is, an astronaut to the ISS flew. Upon arrival, he had to spew. He grabbed a NASA barf bag. The crew said, ew. When he was done, he still felt blue. Barfing in space, barfing in space. Yuck, he is stuck in the upchuck. Barfing in space, barfing in space. Throw up in a NASA barf bag. Yes, barf in space. I feel like Lori's student has just given a gift to the entire world. But honestly, barfing, music class, middle school, I don't see how we can get much better than that. So these kids were on the floor rolling around laughing. I had one student who I didn't realize was a sympathetic vomitor. He's like, Mrs. Orth, I have to leave the room. I have to leave the room. And I'm like, what is the matter with you? He's like, all this talk about barfing. And he had to go out the room. Um, because of course they didn't just talk about it. They were making yak noises through the class. Um, but then I made them focus and buckle down and play it. And it was hard and it was so cool. And the level of engagement that I was getting from this crazy lesson was amazing. They will never forget it. They will never forget barfing in space. Um, not something you want to start with. You'll no. It, it use it as a treat. Use it as a okay, kids. We will learn barfing in space if I see good behavior today and next week or whatever. Um, or for this for the kids that are uh, that practice extra, they can do barfing in space on the concert. That'd be a cool thing. Um, so I did that for months and months, and it was the most fun, uh, innovative sort of creative thing at time in my life. This is a big shift, especially for music teachers coming from a classical background. The dichotomous idea of what is or is not supposed to be appropriate music or acceptable music is just a completely false narrative about what music actually is or what it can be. Our role as music teachers is to guide students to discover their own music, whether that's Mozart or bluegrass, or in this case, barfing in space. And furthermore, if we can't find the music we need, then we have all the skills to create it ourselves. So I still, I still feel like I'm going to go there. I'm going to say it. I still feel like, oh, I'm not worthy or I'm not good enough. I have that going in my head, but then I say, yeah, I am. Look, I wrote a book. 
stop that, you know, but I'm surrounded by really amazing musicians in my life. And I'm thinking, I'm not trying to be a concert artist with this music. That is not the point of this music. This music is to get kids who also are not going to be concert artists involved in their music class and introduced to a little bit of fun rocket stuff that will start a STEM and steam pipeline so that they can get engaged and take control of their own education so that they can get agency so they can say, I am okay with math. I can learn about science because it's cool. Space is cool. And start that pipeline so that they can do well in school, so they can go into college and get advanced degrees in this stuff, get jobs that pay them well, so that they can have a seat at the table and make a difference and have a voice. So that is where I'm going with all of this. And I didn't think about that at first, but now I have. And that shift in purpose makes all the difference. Lori's mission about why she writes music and shares it is far more important than any insecurities or imposter syndrome she might have felt about composing. Her music and the experience of this program serves as a gateway for students to start visualizing themselves in these STEM and STEAM programs, both in grade school and beyond. This is why knowing your why is so important. I wish I could say, oh, I planned this whole rocket recorder book. No, I didn't. It just happened and it continued to happen. Um, But when the kids started writing their poetry and things like that, all of a sudden they were doing language arts activities and they were going and they were reading and they were reading for content that they could put into a cool poem. And they were trying to outdo each other. And I had this competition of these Middle school boys like, well, my poem's going to be cooler than yours. And let me tell you, after those first two that came out about the moon, those were pretty, pretty hip. But barfing in space blew them out of the water. And those boys were like, my my son, I mean, it was just hilarious how that became a, a thing. But they were thinking about their music class outside of their music class while they were doing these other disciplines. And it was just like this great big integration. Um, And I know in schools where teachers are like, well, we only have this many minutes in the day to do this. And we have this many minutes to do that. Well, what if your subject could be taught on somebody else's minutes, you know, and when they go home, I I have this vision of um, having a school take my music and have say a fifth grade class of recorder students learn it. And also the fifth grade teachers teach their space content at the same time. And then they do STEM day and they finish STEM day with, okay. And at the end of STEM day, all the fifth grade chorus, please line up and get on the risers. And we're going to sing space explorers anthem. And they're going to close down STEM day in a musical way. (gasps) And then when they do their chorus concert, the fifth grade teachers are going to come and they're going to do a song from the book next to like in the same lineup on the same program and or they'll say and two of the teachers are going to play their recorders with the class and then our principal is going to come down and Mr. So-and-so please come on down he's going to sing is there sound in space give him a big hand everyone and he gets up there and sings one of the jazz ballads from this from my book and then we have an aerospace um leader from the community come up and say, hey, we work at blah, 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 aerospace company, and we make this little widget and it goes inside the rockets. And it's great what you kids are doing. And uh, because we love you so much, here's our check for $50,000. It's going to this wonderful school. 
and the media is there videotaping. Look at this school. Look what's happening. Like, that's what I want to see happen. Yes, please. Yes to all of that. Let's get rid of the silos of how we traditionally teach students and start finding ways to integrate subjects so school reflects the life they lead outside of the four walls of the classroom. Let's get all the adults involved. Let's invite the community to celebrate and let's bring in the media so we can spread the word about how we honor and celebrate the learning process. It was such a pleasure to talk to Lori and I hope you go check out her work. To learn more about her and purchase her amazing book, Rocket Recorder, go to lauriorth.com, and you can also find her on YouTube, Facebook, and Clubhouse, and all of the links to her social media are in the podcast notes. Her email is lori at lauriorth.com. And if you liked today's episode, don't forget to subscribe and share with a friend. And if you know someone or if you think you would be a great guest on the show, send me an email at music at jenrafferty.com. Until next time, this is Jen Rafferty. Have a wonderful day. This podcast was brought to you by Jen Rafferty Music, cover art by Molly Reagan and Good Neighbor Art, and music by John Kiefner. <laughs>